Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with our special guest, U.S. alum, USF alum, coach, Jim Valley. Jim, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. You know, we want to get to know you really quickly. So why don't we start with this? Tell us, tell, tell us about where you grew up and tell us a little bit about your mom and dad. Well, I'll tell you what, I was born and raised in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco. My dad was a butcher for a Del Monte Meat Company in the city. In fact, that was my summer job to work with my dad. Uh, and I kind of went in the salami bologna department while he was cutting orders for, <laughs> for restaurants in the city. So, uh, and my mom was a, a home, uh, stayed at home and then raised the kids. I had a sister who uh, went to Mercy High School and uh, we both went to St. Cecilia's Grammar School uh, right there on 15th uh, Avenue in the Sunset District. So you little skinny Italian kid growing up in that sunset, uh, freezing cold fog where I used to go play basketball in the 19th Avenue Park and Herbert Hoover Junior, Junior uh, High School. So uh, we really uh, had a lot of fun growing up there. And, uh, and then from St. Cecilia's, I went to SI. My sister went to Mercy High School. You know, tell us about yourself in high school. What kind of kid were you? Were you a sports kid? Were you an academic kid? I, I wouldn't classify me as an academic kid. <laughs> I would say that I was more of a sports kid. In fact, I'll give you a story. Uh, when I was in grammar school, of course, the Bay Area basketball, Bill, you, you'll know this. Uh, it was pretty darn good in, in uh, the late 40s and, and mid 50s. Uh, of course, with uh, Pete Newell, Coach Pete uh, Newell coaching the 1949 NIT championship for USF that, you know, was really a, a great win for the, the school and the city. And then, of course, the Bill Russell 60 in a row uh, games. Well, I, when I was at SI, uh, my mother, she always made me get in my room and study every night at seven o'clock. So get in your room at seven. Well, in those years, they broadcast on the radio, USF basketball games. So uh, I used to go, I got to go study, mom. I'm going to get in there at seven o'clock. And then it just so happened that the game started at the same time. So I was able to sneak in there and uh, listen to the USF uh, basketball broadcast, which was uh, really, to me, I was in, you know, just in grammar school. And I started off playing CYO basketball. Unfortunately, was lucky to have a lot of good fundamental coaches in those years in CYO, uh, one by the name of Daryl Smith, who's no longer with us. And, and, uh, and, and those guys were young and they were great teachers. And in fact, my, my high school coach, uh, when uh, we won the championship in the city championship was Stan Buchanan, who played on the USF uh, basketball uh, team in that 60 in a row year. So uh, we really got a lot of knowledge from, uh, from Stan Buchanan coaching us and we went undefeated in the, in the city in 1960 and went on to the tournament of champions where uh, the final game was against McClymans. And you'll also remember this with uh, Paul Silas playing in, uh, at, at McClymans and they beat us about eight, eight, 10 points. And uh, that's when the big Northern California high school championships were really huge in the tournament of champions there over at Cal Berkeley. Awesome. So 
you ended up at USF. Now, how did that happen? And what were some of your other possibilities? Well, in those years, you know, much of it was local recruiting. You never really had national recruiting. Uh, when I was coming out of uh, uh, high school, you had some, but not a lot. In fact, while well, we had a, a guy by the name of Fred LaCour, who was probably one of the best uh, city basketball players that have come out of San Francisco. And, and of course, Tom and Sherry in those years, they were, there, they were ahead of me, but those were two of the great ones that came out of the city in those years. But uh, Freddie LaCour ended up at USF. And of course, Tom and Sherry goes to St. Mary's, two guys that could have played anywhere in the country. And, uh, but in those years, you know, it was basically the Bay Area schools. We had the St. Mary's and Santa Clara and Stanford and Cal and Oregon and Northwest schools would come down and uh, recruit also. But uh, for me personally, you know, listening to the radio in grammar school and listening to the great games and teams that, that USF had uh, by, by coaching icons, uh, Phil Wolpert at USF uh, coaching uh, such a great team. And then of course, Pete Newell with the NIT championship. So it was a natural to me, wh where are you going to school? Well, uh, you know, I I'm going to go to USF. I'm just going to, I went to SI and was a Jesuit high school. And of course, USF's a Jesuit uh, school. So the transition uh, was really kind of easy for me uh, from an academic standpoint and also uh, basketball because uh, you, you knew most of the players when, when you got there. In fact, I remember on the radio in the grammar school things, I always used to listen to the, the two guards, Casey Jones and then Hal Perry. And of course, Bill Russell in the, in the center, they used to, you know, were allowed to really kind of extend it and uh, take chances because you had Bill back there. And, uh, but the guy that I, I never forgot was Gene Brown, who came off the bench. And I always waited for him to get off the bench, and come in because he'd always score like 20, 22. Quite a player for a third guard coming off the bench at USF. So now you're on campus. Talk about your first impressions when you were on campus. Um, talk about your coach and your teammates. Yeah, when I first went to USF, I, I would say I was kind of immature. I was, uh, you know, a typical cocky. You know, I made all city. I made player of the year in San Francisco. And so here I am, you know, I'm coming into uh, USF and I'm going to play basketball. And so my my... <laughs> In my mind, you know, I am going to play basketball. Well, that was a mistake. I didn't do too well my freshman year academically at USF, so I had to really buckle down. In fact, I can remember Ross Judice, who was my freshman coach, brought me in, and he said, you know, you better get it up, wake up here because you won't be around. And that just woke me up. I said, what? <laughs> what, are you kidding me? So I, I uh, woke up, and, and the second semester turned everything around for the rest of the four years. But yeah, the first semester was really an adjustment for me, even though it seemed easy from USS, uh, from SI to, to USF, I really had to, to learn a lot of more discipline, except, you know, I was just coming in, shooting the ball and have, having fun. So, uh, but uh, I, it probably was a great wake up call for me because I think it really helped me. And then Ross Judice was as good a coach as you would want uh, on the lower level teaching fundamentals. We had freshman teams in those years where in before you, you never, you know, now, now we don't have freshman teams, but in those years, a good fundamental coach like Ross Judice was just the best you could ever have. Talk about some of your teammates. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, my teammates, we had a guy by the name of Jake Crawford, came in from San Diego, 6'6", forward, ended up being a dentist. He was uh, no, no longer with us. Uh, Jake was quite a player from, from San Diego and a great recruit. And, uh, you know, the coach that we had, Coach Pete Paletta, uh, really had some great goals coming in. Uh, USF, of course, had those great years with Bill Russell and Phil Wolpert. Then they had a couple off years. And then they hired uh, Pete Paletta, who came from Monterey Junior College and brought in some first JC kids the first couple of years. And Ben really went out and got some uh, some really talented high school kids. I was fortunate to play uh, with Joe Ellis who, at McClymans, Eddie Thomas uh, at McClymans, who still holds, holds the single game scoring record, by the way, uh, at, at McClymans. Eddie was quite a player until he blew his knee out. So uh, and then Huey Thomas, of course, played on, on the team. And, and Huey, he'll tell you what a great uh, Dodger he was. You know, he was a baseball player before he came. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and uh, so we, we, had a, we had a good group of guys. Erwin Muller from Livermore, 6'9", played in the NBA uh, for about, let's say, seven, eight years. Um, of course, the biggest recruit that uh, Coach Paletta brought in was uh, Ollie Johnson. And... Uh, that's a funny story because Lloyd Moffitt, who came out of the service, who was a year before or maybe two years before Ollie, uh, Ollie really was going to go to San Jose State. And uh, Lloyd got a hold of him. They were friends back in Washington, D.C. And, and Lloyd said, Ollie, why don't you go to USF? You know, I'm here. It's a good school. And so Ollie changed his mind, came to USF, and the rest is history for a, a great All-American player who put USF really back on that national level, uh, you know, with Eddie and, and Joe Ellis and uh, Erwin Muller and Dave Lee, who was from Modesto of 6'9", great shooting forward, face the basket player. And uh, I was at guard with Joe Ellis. And, and um, you know, so we had quite a group of guys, not only the talent, the, those, the talent that they had, but to this day, I mean, we're the closest of friends and, and teammates that could ever be. And it lasted a lifetime. So the, the experience that uh, we I had you know, with teammates and and the school there and the basketball there it, it just uh, not, you know, not to be replaced. You talked a little bit about now. Did you live on campus? And if you did, what was that like? Because school has changed so much now. So what was it like then? Well, then it, it was funny because you know I lived right in the city with my mom and dad. And uh, they said, you can live on campus and you want, if you want. And I said, yeah, I'd like to you know, you get away from home you know, <laughs> about a half a mile, you know. Uh, so uh, we, we did that. And, and I had a good roommate from uh, Utah who was a high school player, Paul Willard. And uh, so we had opportunity to meet new players and, uh, from different areas. And I'll never forget that Paul said, uh, gee, uh, you know, I have one main street in the in Orem, Utah, and, and I come here in the city and the, <laughs> all these big streets. So he was kind of shell-shocked. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys around the Bay Area that what I always thought for USF, and I, and I did this when I was coaching, you know, when, you, when you're at USF, and let's say, for example, you're a player on the East Bay, and it, it's, it's really, when you're young, it's like, my gosh, that's a long way. To, to go over there and, and uh, you know, live over there. And recruiting for USF to the East Bay was really the best thing they could ever do. And they've got, they had some great players coming out of the East Bay. 
and ended up at USF. And it was a it was a home away from home for for the guys that could get home quickly. And I I looked at it that way in, in the city and I got got to bring my laundry home to my mom. I mean, my God, and all the good home cooked meals on the weekends. And brought my teammates over where she cooked some pasta for the guys. And to this day, they've never forgotten the pasta meals. <laughs> so uh, you know, they gave them an opportunity to get away from the dorm eating and come on over to a home cooked. Uh, a pasta meal. <laughs> so it's your senior year. Uh, we just get done playing. What are you thinking about? Do you kind of know what you want to do? Um, the next step for you? You know, what's funny about that. And I said, I was immature going to USF. I never knew what I wanted to do. All I was, uh, you, you know, for me, growing up in the grammar schools there, I just went in the playgrounds and played basketball all the time. And I remember when the fog came in, it was damp and wet and drizzly. My basketball would get all wet, and, but I'd be out there, and I loved it. And that's the only thing I thought about. I was a business administration major at USF, and I never and I, and I went through that until you know the senior year. And uh, really, again, by my senior year, I. What was I going to do? I'm playing basketball. That's that was it. And uh, but when I got to, to my senior year, um, I needed an extra semester, you know, because the units I took the minimum amount of units and, and uh, was able to really get through and and uh, did pretty well there. And then I needed uh, the extra semester. So Coach Pete Paletta was nice enough to say, "Look, we want you to graduate. You stay in and get your teaching credential," which I did. And uh, they also made me uh, help out with the freshman basketball team. So that was my first experience coaching. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a huge change because it's not just shooting the ball or playing or having fun. It's, it's losing, uh, you know, learning about game management, uh, game preparation, motivation, communication, uh, all the things that you really need with people. And, uh, you know, that was really a great learning experience for me. So to this day, I was really fortunate and thankful that the coaching staff and uh, Pete Paletta and Ross Judice, you know, respected me enough to say, hey, you know, wanted to have uh, Borelli there help off the freshman team. And I did. And Phil Bukisevich was the uh, was the freshman coach at that time and, and learned a lot from Phil. Phil was a great, uh, you know, technician of the game and so you, you learn to, you know, continue to learn what you learn, CYO all the way up, the great fundamentals that the USF has always taught. So talk about your first head coaching job. How, how, did, how did that happen? Well, my first head coaching job, which was funny, um, I got my teaching credential. And Phil Bukisevich, uh, before he came to USF, was at the Lick Wilmerdean High School. And uh, that happened to open up right at the end of the freshman season when I was helping Phil there. And Phil says, you know, there's a high school job going to be open at Lick Wilmerdine. Well, Lick Wilmerdine's a, a, a very small private school right across the street from San Francisco City College. And I said, yeah, geez, what a great opportunity. You know, I'm still very young and still a lot to learn. And, and uh, so I said, yeah, let's do it. And I was there for Got the job at Lickwell. I'm really very fortunate. And it, and it was a do you know, a lot of different jobs. I was a tennis coach. I didn't know anything about tennis. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so I put the, the best player, of course, you're the captain and you, you know, we'll, we'll run a schedule here. 
and uh, you know, as athletic director. And, and, and so we, I hired my old COIO coach as a baseball coach, Daryl Smith, who did a great job on the baseball team. So I ran everything there, you know, uh, you know, so it was a lot to, to learn and, and uh, but it was a great learning thing to, to start on that level. And uh, so I was there for seven years before uh, the next jump. So, um, you know, that, that was, uh, I was very fortunate with Phil Bikisovich that recommending him for that job. So what was your next job after that? Well, when I got the high school job, I, you know, in those years, Bill, if you remember, uh, you know, the, the system basically throughout the Bay Area, you know, it was reverse action. It was half court. It was um, both Cal played the same way because Coach Newell, once he left USF, went to Cal and went in a, in a C2A championship in 1959 with Daryl Emhoff. So, again, the C2A championships stayed right around the Bay Area. And most of the teams, and, it, and it, we're all copycats as coaches, and where are the successful programs and what are they running? Well, you, you had most teams running reverse action, uh, you know, which is a kind of reverse the ball action to get into the, into the post and, and work off the post. And then you had some, some guard plays depending on where you cut. So, uh, you know, we, we stayed with that. But I always wanted to learn. This is what I grew up with. You know, I grew up with everything. They're exactly the same. And I said, you know, now I'm a, a high school coach. And I, and I know I, I was in great fear. I'll never forget how, when I first started coaching, great fear of a team coming in with a full court press and not being able to bring the ball up court. So that, that, that was my first, you know, my goodness. I, well, if that ever happened, I, I you know, wouldn't be able to live with it for the kids. So I really prepped on, on the press offenses and how to break things and then not turn the ball over. But what I did was I made a point to make sure to go to every basketball clinic that I could, uh, not only to, to meet other coaches, college coaches, but to learn uh, the stuff that they, and then those were the years that was just kind of beginning those college the clinics and, and went to a lot. That gave me an opportunity to meet probably one of the best coaches that I ever uh, around was uh, Jack Avina, who happened to be the junior college coach at San Mateo Junior College. So, uh, you know, uh, I learned and, and met from him. And, and uh, when he got the head job at um, University of Portland from College of Marin, he asked me to come with him as, as, a, as an assistant coach on, on the four-year level, Division One. And, uh, my, you know, I was, again, very lucky to be in the right place at the right time and, and, uh, and learn from, from those clinics, more basketball. And, and really, Jack turned into my personal mentor, even though I had really great coaching at USF. Uh, he, he, was the, he was a great communicator uh, and he was great with people. And I, I, I learned a lot that, you know, you know, basketball is a heck of a lot more than just getting some X and O's on the floor and telling them what to do. If you don't connect with people and you don't connect with the people you're going to coach and they don't believe in you as a person, uh, it just makes the job a lot tougher. So uh, Jack was uh, just one of those guys that just connected with, uh, with people. And, and uh, he, he had a great career at the University of Portland. Can you talk about your first college job? And 
what were you thinking when you uh, when you started? Were you ready for it? My first head coaching uh, job? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was prepared for what Jack did when I was at the University of Portland. Again, those were the years with freshman teams. He gave me the freshman team to coach. Uh, so I was also basically more, I was actually more of a recruiter, but he, but he gave me the freshman team. And we had a pretty good freshman team with some guys that came in that year. And um, so when I helped him out on the varsity on the floor, you know, obviously carried over a lot of the things that Jack taught uh, all the way through. So I, I learned a lot from Jack. So was I prepared for my first head coaching job at the University of San Diego, which happened to be a, a Division II program uh, when I got the job? Um, I would say X and O wise, um, yes and no. Yes, I, I, I knew the game, but at the same time, the game was changing. It was getting a little more up tempo. Uh, you know, guards were more in play. Um, so the game was just kind of, a, you know, just changing a little bit. So you had to adjust with it, with the players that were coming into your program. So, um, but, but it was exciting because it, it made you, and I, I remember, I think it was Johnny Wooden at the time, once you think you learn, learn, know everything about the game, you, you've lost, you're not a coach anymore. You, you learn something every day, every year uh, about this game of basketball. And I was fortunate, Bill, with, again, going back to Coach Pete, Pete Newell, Pete Newell Jr. was on the RSI championship team as a sophomore, freshman and sophomore. So I spent a lot of time over uh, Coach's house, and we talked basketball. So I was able to learn a lot there and, uh, and listen just to, you know, we'd go in there and listen to him talk, talk basketball. But, um, you know, I think that, that was the key is just the learning and growing as the game grew. And, uh, and not only as the game grew, but as players uh, grew. I never forget the first player that came in with a tattoo. I said, "What are you doing? You can't take those things off." <laughs> you know. So, but I always, uh, always pretty straight up with the guys, and, and uh, you know, had, had fun with it. And I, it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And if your job is fun, it's you got the best thing in the world. <laughs> Talk about just uh, two of your best recruits when you were in San Diego, and talk about two of your best teams when you were at San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, I st again, as I said, we started off the Division Two, and I, I, I had a mix of high school kids, uh, basically local out of San Diego, and a couple from the Bay Area because that's where I really knew the, the area of my, and high school coaches. And then I had some uh, the JC kids. And uh, I, got a, I got a kid from uh, Harlem out of JC, and, uh, and the, the coach phoned me up and he says, hey, I got a guy here that's pretty, pretty darn good. And I said, okay, his name was uh, Eddie Sundance Davis. And, and I'll tell you one thing, he, he was as good a guard from handling the ball to scoring to being unselfish uh, that I've ever coached. And uh, so he came right in and, and fit right in with the group. Here's a guy from Harlem uh, going to University of San Diego, a pretty rich school, <laughs> and uh, made the adjustment. But uh, it, 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 he grew and, and uh, 
ended up he's one of the top guys I think at Rucker Park now and and uh, he always used to phone when I was with the Washington Wizards and say how you doing how you doing and so we kept in contact for quite a while there but uh, Eddie Eddie was quite a player and I can remember one play he made against San Diego State that's when I was trying to build the program from Division Two to Division One so I upgraded the uh, the schedule a little bit so we got San Diego State on the schedule and cut hopefully become a rivalry locally there. He made one play on the breakaway where uh, this is going to come out of the game is starting to open up a little bit when you get better players. But he made a play that uh, came down on the, on the right side. He's a left-hander. He went between the back, between the legs, all in the, in, in the air at the same time, and then kicked it to the left for, for an easy layup for the streaking uh, wing guy, the left wing guy. And, and, uh, and it brought the house down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, basketball, all of a sudden, everybody started loving it because we were an exciting team. and ended up going to the Final Four for Division Two. So step-by-step, uh, step, it took a while to, to convince the administration to say, you know, look, I, I, I grew up with the, with the West Coast Conference. I, I, I know the West Coast Conference. The, all the schools on the West Coast are basically uh, Catholic basketball schools, uh, with the exception of Pepperdine uh, or Pacific, but the rest are, you know, pretty much Catholic basketball schools. And it, you, in San Diego's probably the only one in the West that's not in it. And I think it would really help enrollment. It would help uh, create interest. It would uh, just really bring the, the student body together, which all happened, by the way. So I was very, very happy to. Uh, one thing they had to do and make a commitment though was to bring every other sport with it when you went to Division One. So that was a huge commitment by, by the way, an administration that uh, was probably the best administration I've ever worked for. I mean, the, the president was as good a guy as you'd ever want to meet, and the vice president was uh, came from Creighton, and uh, so he was he had a taste of the the uh, another Catholic Jesuit basketball school, and so he had. He had a taste of that, and he, see, he saw what he could do. And, uh, you know, USD in that, in that time period was so small and, and uh, you know, still growing that uh, it was kind of like a very sleepy school. And all of a sudden, you had some uh, excitement there. So uh, they, it, changed, it gave us an opportunity to really change the thing when we made the jump to Division One. So now you're in your final year at San Diego, and you're, you're going to make a transition. So what are you thinking? Do you, do you have a sense of what your next job is going to be? You know what? I never searched for jobs, Bill, to be very honest with you. I, I, I was always one that, uh, you know, like the San Diego job you know, came along and the contacts were uh, Phil Wolpert happened to be the athletic director, not at that, that time period but a little bit earlier when he retired USF and became the athletic director at, at San Diego. Well, he brought with him a player uh, by the name of John Cunningham, <coughs> excuse me, who, uh, you know, who was quite a player at USF and uh, made all the regional teams when, uh, when uh, he was after the Bill Russell years. So uh, he was there. So, you know, I knew people there. And uh, when that job opened up, I applied for it and it was very fortunate to get it. But I never really searched for, for, for things that way. And um, I, I remember when we went to Vision One, I told the guys, I said, you know, it's, good. it's not going to be easy here. This, this conference is a pretty darn good conference. 
and uh, it's going to take some time to really develop this thing. So I put a little five-year thing on it. Say, so, you know, it's going to take us five years. Well, fortunately, in the fifth year, we won the championship. <laughs> so <laughs> it just happened to it work out. So you take in um, 84, you take the USF job and USF uh, had, had some issues and it was under restriction. So why did you do that? You know, it's probably, uh, that, that's a great question. And it's, it's a question that I still answer today because I remember phoning one of my good friends. I said, you know, and I told him about the opportunity to USF. And he goes, are you happy at USC? And I said, yeah, I mean, I, you can't find a better school or a better administration or, he said, why are you leaving? <laughs> no, I said, well, that's a good question too. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of, you know, I grew up in the city. My mother was still living up there by herself. Uh, so, you know, I had relatives up there and, and uh, they're starting a program that, you know, I grew up with and I knew that uh, USF needed basketball. And uh, so it was the toughest decision I ever made by far. And to this day, it still is. And, and uh, uh, I love USD. It was a great experience for me with people more than anything. And uh, in the, in the ability to, to develop something from nothing, from Division Two to Division One, and win a championship and go to the NC2A with their first NC2A team. And then, and then I knew, I said, why do I want to start again? I had a young team, you know, that came back. I met a big seven-footer there from Sacramento, Scott Thompson, who was pretty darn good. And uh, a few others. And Mike Whitmarsh, who uh, was on the team when we won it, he, he got a silver medal in the, in the Olympics for uh, beach volleyball. So I had a couple of real good athletes uh, on that USD team. And, and uh, it, was, it was a tough call. But anyway, I ended up uh, taking the US, uh, USF job and starting from scratch again. And uh, it was the toughest job I ever had, to tell you the truth. Not only because... I mean, I, I did the USD job starting from almost nothing. And this was uh, just kind of tougher because of the situation. And, and you had to try and mold one group against another group that would agreed with a decision and, and, and not a decision for the program. So uh, that, would, that took time. But I, but I knew the alums and I grew up with some of them. So, uh, but we, we brought it back to a competitive level. We won 16 games our second year. And brought in guys like Rodney Tension and a few others, and Anthony Mann, and, and a few other guys that could play right away. A couple again mixing with junior college and, and high school kids. We got uh, Mark McCaffrey, who was a high school American out of Bishop O'Dowd High School, who was highly recruited by Iowa and Stanford. And uh, he remembered because I used to go in there and say, "Hey, you know, we remember the Bill Cartwrights and the Bill Russells and the, and the tradition that this this program has. This is what we're going to try and do here to bring this thing back." And, and uh, so Mark came over, graduated in four years, uh, tremendous player for us all the four years, all, uh, all the way through, and uh, made Hall of Fame. And then we were able to get a couple other Hall of Fame later on with Orlando Smart and, and uh, Joe Walker. So uh, we had a, a good mix of, of players that uh, took time, but uh, and, and it made the program competitive again. So it was... Uh, it was a tough job, though, Bill. I got to tell you. <laughs> so 
how come I get your best game? Now, of course, there's rumors that it was the Notre Dame game, of course, that uh, they, they got a lot of press. But uh, um, what was your best uh, best game? Was that it? Well, I'll tell you what. It's probably one of them. Uh, and, and I'll tell you how that started. When I got the job, I wanted to reestablish some of the rivalries that USF had in the past to create interest because people want to see the best basketball they can. So you wanted to pay, play some pack. They were Pac-10 in those years, not Pac-12. You wanted to play Pac-10 Cal. You, you wanted to, to make sure you got that rivalry back. And Lou Campanelli was just hired the same time I was, and I knew Lou uh, at Cal. So we kept a home and home uh, every year. And uh, that was tremendous. So uh, in the meantime, I phoned up, up to Digger and I said, you know, we, we played Notre Dame home and home every year. Uh, we'd like to, you know, add, add you on and, and uh, go the home and home route. Well, through a lot of negotiation in terms of, uh, you know, where are we going to play and, you know, who's going to officiate and, <laughs> and uh, all the things you got to go through to you get those games in those years. We, uh, we agreed to a home and home series. Uh, which, which was really good for the program. And so was the, so was the Cal series and Stanford played us for a while. Also home at home uh, when uh, coach Davis was there. And then when they changed coaches, uh, they didn't play anymore for whatever, for whatever reason. But uh, you know, I, I wanted to keep the local rivalries there also to, to bring it back. Uh, the Notre Dame game, they were, they were quite a team. They, they nationally ranked and came in a, uh, uh, you know, and we, we kind of snuck up on them against the, I had a good group of guys, though, I'll tell you, we had a together group that, you know, were really competitive and didn't uh, lay down for anything. And uh, they fought and fought and ended up winning a, a big game there. So, you know, those those are the things that kind of bring back. And that was the first standing room only game we had uh, when we brought the program back. And it was quite exciting. And you remember the Notre Dame games, I'm sure. I do. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, the one back there at Notre Dame, <laughs> fire alarm going off. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, it was it was fun, and 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 uh, you know, it was, those were the first steps, really, of, of getting some top competition. So you ended up at USF for a a pretty good while. After that, you ended up going to, I think, Denver. How, how did that happen? Well, it, what's interesting, again, uh, you, you're not looking, uh, but when I went to USD, uh, Bernie Bickerstaff was the head coach. So I took Bernie's job at USD. Bernie went with Casey Jones to the Washington Bullets at that time. They were called the Bullets. And uh, so I knew Bernie. And uh, I knew John Cunningham and John says, well, you know, Bernie's leaving and you'd be interested. And I talked to Bernie and, and uh, Bernie is uh, quite a great, great guy. And he, he really helped me along the way. And, and uh, uh, still to this day, we're good friends. And, and he, he's just a, he did a great job there in the NBA. But uh, he was with the Denver Nuggets. And uh, at that time, he talked about being a player personnel and, and a development coach and coming in starting that way and then and moving up as an assistant coach from there. And, and I did. So I we went to Denver Nuggets and uh, Matumbo was there and a pretty good group of guys uh, that was there when I went in there. And then, as you know, in the NBA, it, it changes are made. And uh, uh, Bernie went to uh, Washington 
at that time, bullets, and uh, asked me to go along with him, uh, which I did. And that was the same year that we uh, had the city vote to change the uh, bullets, and uh, the city voted uh, to, to make it the Wizards, and they've been the Wizards ever since. So, but I went with Bernie to, to the Wizards and uh, had great experiences. You know, the NBA is such a different game than college. It took me a while really to learn the, the real subtleties about, about the NBA and the, the, the shot clock and how it's utilized better. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was quite an adjustment. But, uh, uh, and I had Dick Mata, uh, Bernie at Denver was the general manager at the time. And Dick Mata was the head coach at Denver. So uh, Dick, uh, I was able to learn from Dick Mata, who was quite a coach in those years. Wow. So from there, uh, am I reading this right? Sioux Falls? Sioux Falls? Sioux Falls. Yeah, Sioux Falls came. <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah. Well, you, you look for a job. <laughs> What's available? Uh, you know, uh, between Denver and the uh, Wizards, uh, it was a void. So uh, uh, I had coached Eric Musselman, who uh, at USD in our championship team, and I knew Bill, his dad, very well. And uh, but Eric was a coach in the CBA at the time, uh, right up from Sioux Falls. And he said, you know, hey, Sioux Falls is open, coach. You want to, you know, Sean Mitchell will try and help you get the Sioux Falls job. And I got it. And uh, we were able to go to get to the playoffs and didn't win the thing. But uh, it, that's a quite a league because you, you're dealing with players. There's another very great experience that I, I had to learn. You, you got players coming in and out and having you adjust on the, on the fly with a coach, uh, you know, uh, with players coming in and then, Boy, if they're any good, they're they're taken right away to the NBA. So now you got to restart again and reload. So that was quite an experience, but uh, a good experience. I think CBA was, uh, and it was it. the people in Sioux Falls were the, they were the best, great great people, and they sold out every year. So after your time in Sioux Falls, you ended up in Charlotte. Charlotte as a, as a scout for, for Bernie. Bernie ended up uh, after uh, the Wizards, ended up over there at Charlotte. And, uh, and I, I helped Bernie uh, scout at Charlotte for a while, yes. And after that, and I, I really saw this well, um, did you coach for the uh, Japanese national team? The Japanese national team and coach Pete Newell, who, who had great connections to uh, uh, Japanese coaches because he used to go over there every year and uh, he asked if I would be interested in going over there and to coach the Japanese national team and I said gee yeah I would sure sure would a guy by the name of Dave Yanai who used to coach at uh, uh, Dominguez Hills College was the coach there and uh, so I went down to meet Dave and he says yeah and he gave me a lot of pointers and you know what to do in, in Japan and uh, so I went over there and I had an interpreter uh, when we went over there and uh, we trained, we flew into Tokyo and uh, we trained up at Matsumoto City, which is up in the mountains. Uh, you take a bullet train up the mountains and, uh, and we had a big 7'4 guy by the name of Chibi. 
who played for Jack Levine at the University of Portland. And uh, he then left the University of Portland, came back to Japan to coach on the, uh, to play on the Japanese national team. So I was getting uh, them prepared. I stayed there about 10 days to prepare them for the Asian games. And they, they were going to play China. So uh, I brought in kind of a little screwy little matchup zone where we put Chibi seven, seven foot four in the middle. <laughs> and I uh, kind of, I kind of, <laughs> well, it didn't take me long to figure that one out because he, he, couldn't, he couldn't move very well. But uh, he was big. And uh, so we, we uh, played a little matchup zone and, and had some fun with it. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, what, great, great drill work with uh, the Japanese team. They, they love practice and drills and uh, really good at it. And they were team guys and played hard. Uh, another great learning experience for me. I was very fortunate there. Yeah, I, I had an opportunity myself to coach over Japan when I was in Osaka. So, okay. Yeah, playing with the uh, um, Japanese teams, we did have four Americans. Uh, but it was great. I, I'd get to practice uh, early. It was at 11 o'clock practice. I get there 8.15, 8.30. They were already there shooting. Exactly. So it was, yeah. wow, these guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was fantastic. Yeah. So after that, you um, uh, go to Minnesota. Minnesota, is that right? Yeah, Minnesota with uh, Bill Musselman was the head coach at uh, at Minnesota at the time. He just got the job. And uh, I worked with him for the summer camps. And, uh, you know, when he got the guys in the draft and everything in the summer leagues. So he brought me in there. And uh, so we worked together a little bit there for Minnesota. And uh, one of my former players, Mike Whitmarsh, who was the guy I said that was a silver medalist and in the beach volleyball, he was the last guy cut. I was hoping he would make it. He's about a six-six guy. That one of those guys that were unassuming as a player, but when you when you look at the end of the game, he was always the guy who made the winning play, whether it be a rebound, a pass, a block shot, uh, just one of those great uh, great players. So he was the last guy cut there in Minnesota, but uh, I was only there with Bill for the for uh, that that summer. Talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah, now, you know, my whole life has been around basketball. Yes, it and I, I love basketball. And I go back, I go back to the years of playing in that foggy, drizzled playground, you know, and I used to go down by myself and, you know, I had to be home by six. I better be home by six o'clock. My mother would kill me if I went home by six o'clock. No, no cell phones, man. I just better be there. So, uh, uh, you know, went down there and played in the playgrounds and everything. And I, I just love basketball. Uh, and I, and I love the people that I, that I met in basketball, whether it be in coaching or, or players or teammates. And, uh, I just played in the summer league with Freddie LaCour and then Thomas Sherry. You know, what more you want for there? They were older than me yet. I played in the Booker T Washington, the summer league. So, uh, with those guys. So, when it came at the, at the end, you know, sooner or later, you know, it's it's time to go as a coach. Or, and uh, so the broadcasting thing came in. Uh, Pat Olson was my play-by-play uh, -play when we brought the program back at USF. We first had Ron Barr, who uh, had, has a very successful sports byline program at Sirius Radio now. Yeah. But, uh, but, but Pat Olson took over 
for Ron Barr as a play-by-play. So, uh, so Pat and I go way, way back, 30 years of being together uh, with USF basketball. And so when I finished uh, uh, coaching and everything, he said, yeah, you, you could be an edge. Why don't we just, uh, you know, we know each other. It's be easy to hook up. On and I said, great. But I said, if I ever get in your way, you let me know because uh, you know, this is new to me. Uh, you know, I'll just I don't want to interrupt and all that kind of thing. So we got along. We've been doing it for twenty years now, so we we have a lot of fun with it. Have you had any advice for Coach Chris, who's taken uh, who's taken a huge responsibility for the new for the USF coaching job? What would your advice be for him? I would say have an open mind and listen. And I, and the, and the, the open mind would be, you know, he, he may have been around a certain system or a certain style. Um, he may have, have to adjust. And, and uh, I remember going back to coach Newell saying, you've got to be resilient. If you're a coach, you've got to be resilient. Uh, you know, things, things change on, on the run. So I, I would say have an open mind. I'm sure he has certain thoughts about what he wants to do. He's got a pretty big team, I understand. I haven't seen the roster, but you got two seven-footers there. So they're going to be sound, and they got good guards coming in. It's going to be a very good team. But they, how, do, how do you get the most and best out of your guys, not only as players, but, but individuals? And, and that goes to the listening part. And, and I didn't do this when I, when I just came out of college. I didn't listen that much because I figured, hey, man, I – I know the game, you know, I, I can, I, I used to play and all that stuff. But, but the more you listen, the more you pick up and the better you get, I, I believe. And, and uh, so those two things to me are, are very, very important. Jim, talk about your family, wife, kids. Well, my wife, I, I met when she was 12 years old. You know, <laughs> uh, when I, uh, when you grow up in the city, and uh, we talked about the, the fog, you got to get out of the fog during the summer. So uh, my dad had a little trailer up uh, a place called the Russian River, where he brought his family, my, my sister and me, and, and some friends. We used to go up there and camp up the Russian River area. So we went up there every summer. And uh, so now what we do is uh, we kind of continued on the tradition. When I came back from San Diego and then Washington, D.C. and everything over here. And I said, well, now we got our young kids and, and uh, nothing better to grow up with. It, it's kind of like a throwback back to the future area up there. And uh, it's fun. The kids, uh, they love to love the fish and, they, they, you know, they love to swim and they, they, they love growing up together with other kids from the city that you meet that you didn't know before. So uh, we have a little place up the river up, up there now that we go every summer. In fact, we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Um, so we go, go up there, uh, you know, as much as we can. And, and uh, so uh, I have a, a son and a daughter. My son's with the, the Marin County Sheriff's Department, the Sergeant in the Marin County Sheriff's Department. Been there probably uh, 30 years now. And, um, you know, he played for me at USF. Um, in fact, one of those guys like me, when I was coming, you know, he made all Marin County here and he's coming to USF. He's thinking he's a great player. And I'm saying, wait a second here. He played, he played Marin County. You're going to come here and play USF. And, uh, but he, I'll tell you what, he was a very, very solid player. 
Yeah, we, he was fortunate. We had a really good good guards with Cheryl Walker and Orlando Smart in those years, and and he would come off the bench and really fill his role to to what it should be. So uh, so he played for me and Michelle. Uh, she is uh, now the athletic director at Novato High School. She used to be the head basketball coach at Dominican uh, uh, women's basketball program when they first started. She won the league, um, you know, when she was coaching there. So uh, she's now the athletic director at Dominican and has two sons. And my son has uh, two boys and a girl. They all play sports. And right now my wife and I, that's, uh, we spend time just going to, to games and watching them play. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Some of them, a couple play lacrosse, volleyball, and uh, the guys play uh, football and basketball and baseball. So, you know, we, uh, we're having fun uh, going to say, you know, young, young kids grow and, and develop. Jim, thank you so much for being on. Uh, yeah. I've always really admired you and how you handled yourself. Um, just, just really appreciative to have our conversations, but thank you so much. Hey, I'm really thankful for you, Bill, having, having me on. And uh, this was fun. And I just, it, you know, it's always fun to sit down with guys that love the game and just talk, you know, and, uh, and not about themselves, but about the game itself and the people. You know, they, it's, it's the best. It's, uh, so I'm happy you had me on. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you down the road soon. <laughs>